Spring training is upon us. How are the Cubs and Sox going to fare in their respective division races this year? Patrick Kane reaches a milestone in a Blackhawks blowout. And will the Bears make a desperate move for an all-pro Super Bowl winning QB? Wilson! Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. So we will save the bear stuff for last there, potato heads. <laughs> what, do you hear? what do you say, L.V.? What do you say? But welcome back to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. This is your friendly host, Ronnie Boy. With the tea dog, we got a few drinks in our hand. Let's go ahead and crack them open. What do you say? You know, for, for tonight's podcast, since I know we're going to probably drive the smack wagon over to Chicago Cubs Brass, I had to go with a PBR Tallboy. Found one of those in my fridge. Oh. And there we go. Good nice. call. PBR Tallboy. I'm going to go with a, a lovely, soothing, sparkling Waterloo water. There we go. Yeah, I think I think our couch potato fan, John Mandala, probably would crack a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Not so much uh, any of our other couch potato listeners. Well, did you have a good day today? Did you do anything fun sports-wise? Uh, no, I did not have a uh, sports day today. Nothing... Uh, Nothing really sports-related in my day. Well, I did get out to the golf course, my friend. I did. Oh, boy. Yeah, shot a solid 101. Didn't cheat. Is that solid? Is that really solid? Didn't cheat. I took an 8 on a par 3. See, I have to cheat in order to get to a 101. That's pretty bad. Pretty sad. Yeah, I I played uh, Bali High here in Las Vegas. It's on the Las Vegas Strip. It's been... uh, the golf course has been in a few movies, some HBO TV shows. Very windy today. Very, very windy. It's not good. Like I said, a 101. Now, that was the worst score of the foursome I was out. I was out with my friend Kev Dog. A little shout out to Kev Dog. Is he, is he a potato head? He's a potato head. He listens every, every week in his uh, shop, works on cars. And we got Eric, El Presidente of the MGA, Mediocre Golf Association, which I was a part of. Till this year, I haven't joined yet. I wanted to feel it out. And then I did was you, with. Did you hear? Did you hear about the Potato Head news? By the way, did you hear the latest news on the Potato Head? No, please. Well, hold on. Let me finish. Hold your thought, and let me finish mine. And then I was with Ron, the Doubler. I think Doubler. I don't know. I think that's his nickname. Anyways, we had a good time. El Presidente didn't cheat. He absolutely blew up on the back, the back nine. I blew up on both sides. But that's so what happens when you have not That was the worst score? That was the worst score, yeah. Oh, so Kev Dog came in. Sure. Yeah, Kev Dog shot around 95. Eric shot around ninety one ish to ninety three ish. I can't remember. And then, uh, and then the other Ron in the in the group, which was not me, shot like a I don't know ninety or something. So it was it was good. It was good. So what what's going on with the couch with the potato head? Well, I will have to say before we go there is one of these days I'd like to regularly golf what I bowl. That's what I shoot for a one hundred one. That just shows that just shows how bad. Both my games are. I wish my bowling score was my golf score. Wow. And my golf score is my bowling score. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, As some wait other a minute. couch potato listeners out there have have 
had a chance to witness. I actually bowled a three once. A three. Wait a second. Now, you obviously were drunk. So, that being said, if you're trying to bowl a 101, which means you probably bowl higher than a 101, which means you probably bowl your true golf score, don't you? Uh, No, because I typically bowl probably in the 80s, which is where I'd like to golf. (laughs) I'm a terrible bowler. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I have to go bowling with you. What's your highest... What's your highest score in bowling? Mid mid ones, maybe one forty something, and that was probably wow. when I was actually bowling regularly. Wow. Which again, when I say regularly, I was I was in like a league, not a like a it was a drinking league. Um, but yeah, I was a pretty shitty bowler. But wow! Once you're doing it regularly and you get pretty good at it, but yeah, my wife usually kicks my ass in the bowling alley, so. Um, but no, so Potato Head had to drop the had to drop the Mister. They're going after toys now. Oh, as far as that's Denver, right. And now it's going to be just Potato Head instead of Mister or. Mrs. I thought it was Potato. well. I think they're going to be called. I think the the actual. So here's the thing, and this is what I heard on on the news. It everything was called Mister Potato Head, even though there was a Mrs. Potato Head in the box. So it was Mister Potato Head presents. Mrs. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head, you know, presents blah, blah, blah. I think everything was called Mr. Potato Head, and now they're dropping that, what it's called. I think Mr. Potato Head's still called Mr. Potato Head. But I think Mrs. Potato Head is now, has her own box that says Mrs. Potato Head. And speaking of that whole woke thing, because that's where you went, sick son of a bitch. I have to... (laughs) I have to not eat Oreo cookies anymore because of that whole woke thing. Just saying. I'm not going to put the hell any. Are you talking about? What woke thing? Ca- no couch, potato, f- couch potato fans out there, man. Potato heads. You know what I'm talking about. I know you do. So, anyways, it was a it was a fun filled golf day with with my buddies. Had a couple had a couple cigars. I have to say, they're mighty nice. I haven't you had those in a while. Car on the way home. What's that? Good thing you didn't roll your car on the way home like Mr. Tiger did. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even mention that in the opener. No, brutal. I I think he was all right. Yeah, I think everyone's hoping that he's all right. I heard uh, today everyone was wearing black uh, red shirts with black pants today out on the golf course for the PGA. Just a little, you know, that's my boy. No kidding. I didn't didn't see that. That's... That would be interesting. Just a little salute to the best golfer in the uh, history of the PGA. That's debatable. It's debatable. Well, I mean, he's pretty good. I think he's won quite a bit of uh, games. I'm not talking math. You know, I'm not talking majors. He's he's pretty. He's pretty good. (laughs) Was that me or you? That was that was me. I'm turning it off. So oh, man. that that was just queuing us up to say good job, Ron, for for debating that. I thought that was our baseball cue because you got to warm that smack wagon up if we start talking baseball. Yeah, we'll start in a minute. We're gonna we're gonna start off this podcast. Uh, you know, we're just we're just rambling right now. It's kind of nice ramble on for those potato heads out there. But today was a good day for the. Patty Canes, the Caner, Blackhawk fans out there, which I know there's a lot of them out. Got number gold number four hundred. Impressive. He's having a great Still year. Not even halfway to uh, Wayne Gretzky, isn't that crazy? Oh, I'm sure he's four hundred goals. Four hundred goals, yeah. But as far what's his assists? What's his total assists? Gretzky, oh, I don't know. Gretzky's the one that's, you know, 1,963 assists. No one's touching that. But think of, you, you'd have to be watching Wayne Gretzky back when he played on the Oilers, which I know you weren't because you weren't a hockey fan. But the players he was around, that he was surrounded with for the Oilers, that Edmonton Oilers team was unbelievable. <laughs> Excuse me. They won a lot of titles. But, you know, Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, there's some really, really, I mean, Hall of Famers for sure on that team. And then you throw a 17-year-old kid, you know, 
comes up and he's he's deacon and and you know going behind the net and he can pass like you know just out of this world. That's why they call him the great one. And you know, there's some there's some, some other players out there that have done pretty good after him. Alex Ovechkin, we were talking about earlier today. Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane. You know, Yammer Yager was really good for a long time. I mean, imagine how many years Yager was in the game, and he—I don't think he's close to Gretzky's numbers. Mario Lemieux. Where does this, where does this put Kaner in the uh, in your rankings for the top Blackhawks of all time? Is he even in the top five? Hmm. I would think he's got to be close. To the I, I'm five. sure he's I mean, top. He's, no, he's got to be I mean, top. Bobby Hall, but yeah, I mean, he's got to be like top three, dude. I don't think he's outside. I think he's either one, two, or three. Well, who would be your? Oh, probably Makita. Probably Stan Makita would be up there. Yeah, but who else? The, the the problem is, is I didn't watch Stan Makita or Bobby. Oh, you're Hall. talking about just in, in your own. I mean, no, if if I mean, you're I mean, just I mean, taking yeah, history, if you're just taking history, yeah, you, Bobby Hall, Stan Makita, you got to put those guys up there. I mean, you could say, you know, Ronick was pretty good, Tony Amani. You know, what other? Chris Chelios, defense, pretty good player. Denny Savard. Yep, Denny Savard. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. What about, what about uh, his partner, Jonathan Taze? He's got to be up there. Mm, I don't think so. No? No. I think Taves is a good player. And I would say he's probably one of the better captains we've had, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him top five. Well, he's so let me ask you, I think uh Taze won a uh the Con Smythe trophy, didn't he? He did. Mm-hmm. Kaner hasn't, has he? I think I thought he did he? I thought he did. I didn't think he did. Well, oh, well, no, maybe yeah, he did, yeah, and we wanted Crawford to get it. After, yeah, yeah, a couple years after. Remember? Okay. Right. That's the yeah. the MVP. Was that MVP yeah. of the the Stanley Cup? Right. Isn't that what that the, is? I think it is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. So I figured you know more than we, I thought. The playoff MVP, isn't? It? Yeah, playoff MVP. It's we playoff, we I thought. Know, yeah. I thought honestly, it, Kane won it. And honestly, I thought it should have went to Crawford, that third win, that third um, Stanley yeah, that Cup. Was 2000, no, that was the that would have been the second one. Two thousand thirteen. They won in what? They won in ten. Uh, they, they won in 10. 10, 10, 13, and fifteen. Yeah, ten, thirteen, fifteen. I know. Taves won the first one. Yeah, look it up. Taves um, won the first one, I believe. Yeah, Jonathan Taze won it in 10. Um, yeah, he won it in 13. Who? Kane? Kaner. Yeah. I thought it could have. you could have easily given it to Crawford. And I even think Kane even said Crawford deserves. He should be sharing it. Yeah. Who won it in 15? Uh, that I don't know. Let me see if I can get that for you. But Kane's got to be top. I mean, top probably top two, personally, if not number one. We've had some good players, well, but we I haven't had. Keith. It was Keith in fifteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we could have had. I mean, you think the impact that this guy has had on the Blackhawks? I mean, right now he's what in his twelfth or thirteenth year. He's been in something like that because he started when he was 19, I think, and he's 32. Okay. I believe. So he's been in, he's been with the Blackhawks for 13 years or, or whatever. And he's leading the Blackhawks in scoring. There is no Taves. And Taves have been, he's been injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. What? I was just going to say, overall, I mean, I think the Hawks, I mean, we talked about this a little last week. The Hawks are definitely surprising some folks 
um, with the way they've been playing. We talked about Lankinen. Um Actually, I would like to see him get a little bit more consistent. Langanen? I know that, you know, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. he's had some good games. He seems like he's like, good game, good game, complete shit show. And it, if anything, I mean, Subban actually, you take away uh, yesterday's Saturday's game. game. Oh, it was yeah, Saturday. Saturday yeah. he got yeah. smacked around. Yeah, I think it was Saturday or Friday. No, it was Saturday. But up, but before that, I mean, he'd won two or three in a row. He'd, he had the shutout. Yeah. I think he only gave up like three goals over three games. So, I mean, he started, It's you know, it's like, okay, maybe we got, he's playing a lot better. You think we're starting to get, yeah. you know, something going with the with yeah. the two goalies that the, that we have? So he's not your starter. You no, I know to, he's not the still starter. Go. But you want something on the guy that's going to come onto the ice and and relieve that starter? You know, of course. But you're not you're not going to get every. You just don't want to get crushed. Okay, first off, he got crushed against Detroit. Detroit's the last place team in the in their division. Yeah, yeah. Detroit's not that well, good, and he gave up. Technically not. Technically they are, but Dallas actually hasn't played enough games. To, to have enough points sure that's going to be you know that's interesting but but detroit really is a pretty horrific team i mean it's it's in yeah. rebuild mode and suban allowed what five or six goals i think it was six goals yesterday now they it was five to one or two or something like that. okay and then today the blackhawks get a, a huge win against detroit which they should Detroit games. If you're if you're scheduled to play Detroit, you should be getting wins. Okay, so they're beating up on teams they should beat up, and then they're tying teams that can go fifty fifty. A lot of tying, a lot of overtime, a lot of shootouts. It's like they just. I mean, it's just like they need one more piece of the puzzle. And could Taves be that piece if he comes back? Are they really missing Crawford? I mean, could they get him to come out of retirement? Would, well, would they take him back? I mean, I hope they're not losing him. I mean, I hope or missing him. I should say. I mean, Lankinen had forty-four saves t- today. Um, who else had a good game? Oh, DeBrinket. Yeah, looks like DeBrinket had four the points cat. today, so he had another good game. I, I yeah, I. Kaner's four hundredth. Yeah, what a what a big win, seven to two. Nice. Yeah. Big enough. Canes, uh, I'm telling you, man, it's uh, it's good to see them scoring some goals. I'm pretty sure John Mandala would appreciate it. I'm sure my son would appreciate it. He's a big Blackhawk fan. But Kane is is by far one of the best players that Chicago's ever seen. Uh, in, especially in my era, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, Kane's a lifer. I don't see him being traded unless eh, I just don't see him being traded. So unless he feels woke demands one not being treated right. The golden Knights ended up playing yesterday. They ended up winning it in a overtime three to two. They're another team that uh, is churning it out. Vegas, 17 games played, 12 wins, 4 losses, 1 overtime loss. They have 25 points leading the leading the division. Still battling. Little flip, little topsy-turvy over there in the West. Minnesota, 2nd. St. Louis, 3rd. What happened to Colorado? I thought Colorado and St. Louis would be 1, 2. You know, Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, 1, 2, 3, any order. Los Angeles starting to make a little bit of a climb. Anaheim, San Jose. Yeah, I don't think so. Washington in the east, still looking good. They've played 21 games, 28 points. Not bad. Boston, Islanders. I think that's kind of what we expected, huh, T? Yeah, I think we said that when we were going through the uh, upcoming season. When we went through that uh, podcast discussing who was going to come out of what. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, looking at Central, Chicago's played 23 games. Detroit's played one more than that. But, hey, you got to tip your hat to Chicago. They're one point out of first, regardless of games played. They're they're one point out of first. I, I don't think I would have had Chicago top three. At least I wasn't I feeling it. That's what we were talking about last last podcast about, yeah. you know, what – if if the the you know the Hawks were even considered to be going to be good this year, 
or what it was going to be like for them, not, you know, having a questionable goalie situation, knowing Taze was going to be out. And, um, but yeah, they're playing real well lately. Yeah. 12, 12, seven and four. I mean, what's helping Chicago is those overtimes. They're at least getting a point. They're not just losing straight up. I mean, Detroit's got 14 losses. Well, not only that, and I don't know about today's game, but I think they're also doing they're doing much better against the power play, or at least over the last several games. You know, I know they were, you know, power play goals at like sixty percent clip. Where prior to that, I think I saw something where they had like three power play goals in like thirty six opportunities or something like that. Yeah, you know how you've got to you've got to be better than that if you're going to win hockey games, and so it's nice to see that they're starting to. I don't again. I don't know about today's game, but I know the last three or four games, they were getting power play goals at like a sixty percent clip. That's pretty damn good. Oh no, it's sixty percent. Yeah, figure the I mean, aver- they- average. You you would take twenty something percent, right? So and they were like below ten. They were you know they had like I said three goals and like thirty six chances in the previous whatever you know twelve games or whatever it was, but then the last four or five it was like you know they had like six goals and like ten chances or something like that. So. Yeah, so Chicago, for today's game, Kubalik had a goal. Debrinkit, one goal, three assists, dude. He had four points. Yeah. Carpenter, Carpy, man. Two goals out of Carpenter. Nice. And Suter had one goal. You like Suter. Yeah. Highmore, not familiar with. Hagel, not familiar with. All with assists. Kemp with an assist. Kaner, one goal, two assists, three points. Number 400. Congrats. I'm going to take raise my PBR to Patrick Kane, number 400, baby. And, you, you know, you've got a goal even from your defense. Zadarov, if it's pronounced that way. And then uh, you had a th- th- few things. I was trying to find out there quickly just to see the scoring opportunity. And I'm just going to look to see if they had any power play goals. Chicago. Oh, that's a face-off. I want, I want goals. I don't care about play-by-play. I want to know. Oh, here. Here we go. So, um, I'm not seeing power play goals. No, none today. But, you know, the big test there, T, is they play Tampa. That's their next game. They play Tampa Thursday, March 4th. So in Chicago. So now we go back to that first couple games where the Blackhawks got routed by Tampa like 5-2 to two or 5-1. to one. And and now they've played some games. They got some, you know, they got their feet. They're scoring some goals. Big game Thursday night. Potato heads, you better be listening. You better be watching the game if you're in Chicago. Let us know. Hit us up. Let us know what you think of your beloved Blackhawks. Because that's a big game. That's a big, big mm-hmm. game. And then, speaking of Chicago, let's continue the Chicago theme. Cubbies, what's are we are we doing the uh, the are we are we busting out the old smack well, wagon? You might as well. This it, this yeah. Let, let's let's bust out the smack wagon for our potato head, John Mandala. Are we busting out for him? We're, not him. Good. Because we already we already him. busted it. We already busted the smack I wagon know, on him. No, 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 no. He probably wants to get behind the wheel of the smack wagon because he's not a happy man when it comes to the the Chicago Cubs and the moves or lack thereof that they've made this offseason. And you know, pitchers, catchers already there. You know, fielders already there. Spring training on right upon us. And you know, the Cubs just seem like they're in rebuild mode. No question. And it's frustrating when you think about how, you know, this is a team that's just five years removed from a World Series. 
And, you know, they won the division last year, albeit in a, in a shortened season for, for COVID. And it wasn't their offense that did it for them. It was pitching and defense. They actually were one of the better defensive teams. I know that Baez had a gold glove. I think Rizzo was in the um, – actually, I think Rizzo also got a gold glove. Yeah. And um, I want to say I think Nico Horner was at um, – was at least in the discussion for a potential at a, at a, uh, for a gold glove, you know, 22, what is he, 22, 23. So just a kid. Um, but you look at what the Cubs did this year and you trade away, arguably your best pitcher. Now, granted, it's like, it's like stocks and it's like stocks. You know, when do you want to, you want to sell when the, the, the price is high. You want to buy when the price is low. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, you Darvish, if you're ever going to get anything for him, now was the time. This was the high, the biggest opportunity. But what did they get for him? Yeah, this was going to ask you what they get. <laughs> they got Zach Davies and three or four minor leaguers that have potential. The potential is high, but what does that usually mean in a trade like that? A trade like that where you're going to trade a key player. And let's face it, the Cubs rotation was already in trouble before they dealt you Darvish. I mean they. To, to get rid of him went, was the opposite of them needing to improve one of the parts of their team that needed to desperately improve. We'll get to the offense here in a second. But the rotation was in trouble. I mean, you lost a lot of key players there. I mean, Lester was gone. Jose Quintana's gone. You lost Tyler Chatwood. Not a huge loss, but still a solid innings guy. And then you trade you Darvish away, and you get back, you know – if if you're if you're in a compete now type mode, either you're not trading him, or if you do, you're trading him for somebody that's going to help you this year, yeah. or at the very least next. Well, instead they got Zach Davies to replace Darvish in the rotation, and really only for one year. And they got again, I think it was four other minor leaguers, and I don't even think any of them were pitchers, <laughs> which is even more surprising. Well, it, maybe they have some. I mean, we could talk about the top thirty prospects list for Chicago, but well, but these guys are three and four years away. I mean, you're yeah, see they're these years. Guys yeah, they're not two, today. Three, four years down the road, and it's, so they're not helping you now. And the Cubs, you look at their current situation from a payroll payroll perspective. So they're somewhere in the hundred and forty million dollar range. This is a team that was over two hundred million dollars in twenty nineteen. And that was before they really, I mean, they're in a position where they've got some big money coming off the books this year. Yeah. After this season, you don't have Anthony Rizzo, who's counting about 16 million, I think. You don't have Chris Bryant. You don't have Javier Baez. Now, one of those guys, at least one, probably two of those three, is probably going to resign. I, I would say if I had to rank him, I think Baez is probably the highest chance of getting some sort of extension done in the near future. And I would think Anthony Rizzo is possibly going to be looked at as well. But it makes it, it the thing that I wonder, because right now you, you, these guys are going in, they're essentially in their, their free agent year, right? Their last yeah. year of their yep. contract. Yep. You're a free agent. What do you, what's the most, what do you want to do? You want to capitalize on that. How are you going to do that? You're going to play really well. Okay. Well, in the, so, early- well, here, what I was going to say, if you're going to play really well, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to help the Cubs be good. Right. But then you're also going to put the Cubs in a position where you're going to say, all right, look, you could have got me on a discount before, but now I'm not going to give you a discount because some team's going to pay a lot more. So now it's going to cost the Cubs even more money to hold on to these guys if they come out and have breakout years because it's their free agent year. They have every reason to play their best baseball they've ever played in order to set themselves up for a top contract. Now, whether it's the Cubs or somebody else, and that's a good thing for Chicago. Mm-hmm. But right now, it seems, though, as the Cubs brass is playing for this year only, and even not even, you know, with the moves they made with Darvish and that, not that much, but from an offensive perspective, that's what they're looking at. And you'll wonder if then after this season, it's going to be you're, it's going to be a whole brand new team. Well, Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, let it be known before spring training that he planned on sitting down with some of the core players in the upcoming weeks. Okay. So early portion of camp, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, and Anthony Rizzo each said publicly that they look forward to the conversation with Hoyer. 
All four expressed that they would love to stick with the Cubs beyond their current contracts. So are they are they saying that because they don't want to disrespect, don't want to burn a bridge, just or are they truly loyal to Chicago? If you're asking me, I would say it's the prior of the two, not the latter. I think it's more or less just you know speaking the good game, paying the respect. Um, because I think that's they're smart enough to know that I I I'd, I'd be shocked if all three players are on Chicago next year. That would be shocking. I'm mildly positive that two of the three will be in Chicago next year, but I'm leaning more towards one of those three. Most likely Javier Baez will get an extension. The others will walk. Well, it's Ho- unfortunate. Hoyer said. The first baseman beyond Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. Chris, yeah. Beyond Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo, Chris Bryant is really, in my opinion, your best first baseman on the team besides – yeah. Rizzo, or even in in the minor leagues, they don't have anybody. So Rizzo makes sense. Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to pony up the dough for a you know a corner infield power hitting first baseman like like Rizzo, which is shocking to me. Well, Hoyer said Hoyer said on Sunday in Arizona they enjoy the environment. These guys enjoy the environment. Obviously, we've got the ballpark and the fan base in the city, but people want to be here, and that's a great thing. That is a great thing. The people want to be here doesn't mean that you want to pay for them to be there. Right? I mean, that's pretty right. obvious. And talk, yeah, and you're going to talk they're going to talk a big game on that as well. I mean, again, it's all to me it's all about what they need needed to improve on before we get into let's not even talk about the contracts for those three guys. And you mentioned Contreras, I think they have one more year of control of him Correct. before he becomes a free agent. But not even looking at those four guys. It's a matter of okay. We our offense struggled. Now you're you're going to assume that these guys are going to not struggle as much as they did in 2020. It was a weird year. They started late. You know things were kind of screwy. Um, you know the defense was there. They did have good pitching. So it's like okay. What do we need to do to improve? Well, we needed to improve the rotation. You had Darvish. You have Kyle Hendricks, which I'm a, I, I really like Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. And you had some questions beyond that. But what were you going to do? You're going to try to improve that. Well, did they? No. The Cubs actually took some steps backwards and are relying on the future, some of these young guys to come in. But what, is that, what does that smell like? That smells like, besides bullshit, it smells like teen, rebuild. Teen spirit? Yeah. No, it smells like rebuild. And I'm not, I'm not knocking the, you know, these young guys. I'm sure, you know, they've got some, some, somewhat hopeful pitching prospects, you know, that are going to come in there. I know Al Zale, who who had some, some time in the major leagues the last couple of years, if he could stop walking people and hitting people, I think I'd, I'd you know, like what I see with him. Um, actually, I'll tell you what, if there's one pitcher that I would say, you know, when you think about all these young guys that they have coming up that are going to be fighting for a spot, mm-hmm. uh, Remember this name. Let me put this out there for our Couch Potato fans and, and and for future podcasts. Don't be surprised if you hear a lot more of Corey Abbott's name over the next 12 to 24 months. He was uh, their draft pick in 2017. I actually like this kid. You know, I, I he didn't he didn't play last year, right, because of the COVID and all that crap that went on but you know in 2019 he was i believe he was actually the minor league pitcher of the year for tennessee okay and you know well i i think he's going to be one of the better pitchers of the cup that that i actually have high hopes for him in the future i think he was a second round pick so he was up there he was expected to do well but he's pitched well just about everywhere he's gone in the minor leagues i wouldn't be surprised you're going to hear his name probably you know that he's going to be up there but are you really talking about a, or should we be talking about a, you know, a 23, 24, well, he's probably older than that, 25-year-old kid that's going to be part of the rotation of a large market team that's supposed to be competing? No, that this is a, that's bullshit. This is a team that should be doing that, but instead they're trading away their best assets or one of their best assets. And, you know, it's not like Darvish was tearing it up for a whole time he was in Chicago, but last year he sure as hell did. 
you know, he finally pitched how he was supposed to pitch when we got him. Yeah. And again, as I just said earlier, we traded him at his peak, but hell, we could use him in our rotation. This, this national league central is, it, it can be one. Yeah. It's obtainable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now, but if, if the Cubs hadn't traded you Darvish, even, even if they just made minor moves beside that, I still would be talking, would be leaning towards the Cubs potentially winning the National League Central again. They're not going to win 100 games. They're probably not, you know, they wouldn't probably won 90 games. But could they have won the National League Central? Absolutely. You know, the card, I know a lot of, there was a lot of talk about the Cardinals because they traded for Nolan Arnato or Arnato, whatever the hell his name is yeah. from the Rockies. Yeah. And, you know, he's, yeah. One of the best fielders in baseball, if not the best, a great guy. But the rest of that team is not good. I mean, the, the rotation is questionable outside of that. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack uh, Flaherty. Yeah. You know, so the bullpen, I mean, it's an aging team. So the Cardinals, they had issues. I know they brought back, uh, who's the catcher, Molina, and, you know, made a big deal about that. But he's nowhere near what he used to be. Mm-hmm. So the Cardinals had a lot of question marks. The Brewers didn't make a ton of noise, and Christian Yelich, or Yelich, what the hell happened to him last year, right? So it's not like they were necessarily going to come in. Um, their starting starting rotation isn't great. Granted, you get to the bullpen, and it's you know their death. And then the Reds. I think the Reds, who actually probably had their window of opportunity closed for them, they had a small window there, but they just lost arguably one of the best pitchers to you know in the free seat, in the um, free agent market, right? With Bauer going over to the Dodgers. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, so, the Pirates. We want to talk about them. They they're the they could be the shittiest team in baseball, but if there wasn't a team in Baltimore. Um, but again, the, it was winnable. But now, I think the Cardinals can overtake the Cubs. I think the Reds even could. I think the Brewers could. I think the Cubs went from probably winning the division to huh, probably four, fourth. Well, not going to be fifth place because of the Pirates, but probably fourth place. And that's frustrating because. I really felt they had a chance to to at least compete in this National League Central with you, Darvish, not without him, mm-hmm. and maybe another piece. No, I didn't want them to go out and spend forty million dollars on Trevor Bauer. I don't even actually. I don't even know that he's worth that. I don't think he is, in my opinion. But something makes some sort of move. So I don't know. It's, or, it's, or, or you're it's hoping on. I can see why Mondal is frustrated, and some of our other cash potato fans are as well. Who's that for? Is that for Jed Hoyer or is that for the Ricketts? I think that's for the Cubs in general. So you have Should some have- prospects. <laughs> you have some prospects out there that could see a splash in 2021. One of them might be this Braylon Marquez, yeah, left-handed pitcher. Possible. And another one I've I've heard his name a few a few times. He might see a splash for the Cubs this uh, this 2021 season. Adbert Azale, another right-handed yeah, pitcher. Yeah, I mentioned. The problem is, is he can't. He's got to work on his control. I mean, he's he struggled against. He struggled against lefties. He he walks too many. You know, in my opinion, and I mean, I mean, everybody's got one thing that shouldn't that they struggle with. I mean, Abbott. I just mentioned him that I watch out for him. I think he's going to be good. He's got to stop giving up the long ball. I mean, that's the one thing with him is he, you know, just giving up too many home runs. I think he gave up you know, 15 home runs and like whatever it was, 20 something starts. Can't do that. Right. Yeah. You, you got to keep the ball in the park. Um, but that's just it. I mean, you're talking about these young guys who have high ceiling, Ron. Yeah. High ceiling, but that, that's not a team that's trying to compete in a big market. That's five years removed from a world series. Well, obviously the Cubs are doing stuff that they maybe should or shouldn't have done. I mean, they were in the playoffs. Same with the same with the White Sox. I mean, are we going to see Lewis Robert take off this year? He kind of fizzled at the end of the year. He played pretty well in the, in the wild card series. He ended up getting four hits and a home run. Is he going to come in? Is is Machada a star or not? Is Johan Machada Mancada Mancada Manchada Mancada that's his name. I'm a chata. You know, is he gonna is he gonna step up? Is Lance Lynn worth the addition? No, we already talked about that. I mean, he's a he's a perfect complement to to Luis Galato. Or is it Gelato? 
Giolito. Giolito. You spent too much for your closer, though. You're just paying him. 15, and then, 16, and then you still more. have you still got to talk about Tony Larusa. <laughs> I mean, he's back managing again. PBR right now too. The last game, you know, the last game he managed top prospect was Garrett Crotchet. <laughs> Crotchet <laughs> was twelve. Oh, the top prospect, the top prospect of the White Sox is Garrett Crotchet, and he was twelve last time Larusa. Sure not crochet. Yeah, that too. Crochet. I'm brutal. You know, it is what it is. But but at least the White Sox, you have a feeling like this team is generally trying to compete. They're they're trying to turn the corner now. They're making moves. They feel they're ready. The Chicago Cubs, dude. They don't. They feel like I don't feel like they have any intention to to generally try to compete this year. Yeah. It's almost like they're like, nah, nope, nope. I mean, just- the White Sox had the last three years or four years while you were while while you were winning World Series. I think in twenty twenty sixteen, we were in rebuild mode. Right. They were putting together young, good players, similar to the recipe that the Cubs did. I mean, offensively, you know, the Cubs, when you go back to 16, their payroll was probably in the 130 range. And I think, what's his name? Hayward made, and Lester probably made up most of that money. Um, yeah. But that's because these young players like Bryant and, and some of these other guys, they, they were in their early years, early years of arbitration. Now the check's coming due, and you're in a position where, the, the Cubs are, have a potential to fall off a cliff after 2021. They really do. That's the thing that's that's somewhat mind-boggling. And so, the likes we haven't seen since 2012, 2000-ish, right? 2012, 13-ish. Yeah. Which was when? The start of the last rebuild. Yeah. Right? Which was a somewhat different approach. I mean, that the Cubs fans have been used to over the years. I mean, the Tribune company did spend money. It's just a lot of times they spent money stupidly. You know, yeah. Alfonso Soriano was 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 one of them. Um, but no, I mean, it's oh it's God, that's just yeah. it. It just doesn't feel that. like they're putting a, a team on the field and saying we're ready to compete. Yeah, for and, a winnable National League Central. And the White Sox have, you know, they have the same owner as. You know, the Bulls, Reinsdorf. And now is he, you know, are they making moves? Not necessarily, are they, you know, they're finding the right pieces. Sounds, you know, it looks like they've got some players there for the White Sox that can actually do or make some moves in this next season. And are they, they're fitting the other players together, kind of like what he did with the Bulls. Even though it wasn't Reinsdorf making the calls, you know, I, I think if if the GM says, "Hey, we need to spend X amount of dollars for this because it's just going to make the team better," I, I'm pretty sure he's willing to do it. And it's not like the Cubs have you know they they've they have pretty high payroll, dude. They had a pretty high payroll. They had, they had. and unfortunately for after 2016 season, they that high payroll didn't pay off the way it should have. And that's the you know that's the struggle that I think um, you know we we struggle as being you you being a Cub fan me being a Sox fan. Last time we won the World Series was two thousand five. Last time you won the World Series was two thousand and sixteen, and then a hundred years plus before that. <laughs> hundred and eight years. That's all right. I, I'm I'm ready on my hundred and fifty fifth birthday. They're going to win it again. So I'm excited. I can't wait for that. Oh, dude. I'm excited that you're even around. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, that'll I, be our... I'll be dead. For at least 75 years. 7,313th podcast. We'll be talking about the Cubs... Virtually. Series ...or Anthony Risso the fourth or fifth. So, man. So there has been some big stirrups. Stirrups? Stirrups. Stirrups. Like, <laughs> you know, horse. On the back of a horse? No, stir-ups in football. There's a lot of players demanding to be out of their teams. And a lot of players getting out of their team. J.J. Watt walks 
Deshaun Watson, he's not out, but he's asking. Russell Wilson's asking and saying, hey, I'm willing to go to these five, these four teams or five teams? Probably five. There were there were four teams. Supposedly there was four teams listed. That's right. There so four, yeah, so he were four teams listed. It was it, it was, was Chicago, order, Dallas, the Raiders. Raiders, and Saints. First off, Saints, we don't even know if Drew Brees is officially retiring. He has not mentioned anything yet. He's retiring. Raiders well, has not, Carr. This, and, yeah, and Mariota. I mean, they have two quarterbacks on their roster. But would they would they be willing to forego Carr to get a Wilson? The question is, would old um, Chucky, what's his name, John? John, John Gruden. John I Gruden. That last. I know, right? I remember. I wrote it down on a little yellow sticky right here on my microphone. Right here on the side of my PBR, tall boy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does. John Gruden really, would he prefer having a Russell Wilson over a car? I'm not oh, hearing he- any, I'm not hearing any rumblings out here in, in Vegas as of yet. Well, well, I think that's – well, here's the thing. I mean, first of all, Saints off the board. There's no way the Saints could afford Russell Wilson. I mean, he's going to be – he's going to cost between 30 and $40 million against the cap for the next two years. Well, what are they the paying? Saints, what are they paying like Breeze? $70 million over the cap right now. <laughs> but they, they would literally – it would be Russell Wilson come here to New Orleans and he's going to play with guys from the off the street. Because they're not going to be able, they can't, they can't even, there's no way. They got to figure out how to strip payroll that they have right now. They can't add another $40 million to it. That's a $100 million swing right now. So Saints, in my opinion, not a chance in hell. Never happened. Raiders, you bring up some good points. They've got, they, they've got Carr. What do we, what, I mean, would we much rather have Russell Wilson than Derek Carr? I think they're the same age, right? I think they're both in their early 30s. I believe Carr might be a little younger, actually. Yeah. Um, would that be part of the deal? I mean, when you think about how, what are we going to trade for in this scenario? Seattle's certainly going to be looking for some draft capital back. Is is Gruden willing to pull a trigger like that? I mean, you've already got a pretty expensive quarterback, a backup quarterback on the team. You know that they're talking about trading. Mm-hmm. When when all the talk was about Derek Carr possibly being on the trading block, the Raiders, and I don't know if you've heard this out by you, but the Raiders were like, no, you know what? He's not on the trading block. We're actually going to look at extending him. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay, does that sound like somebody that would go, oh, well, no, screw it. Let's trade him for Russell Wilson. I don't know. I don't know if that, that makes much sense. I would say probably... You know the Raiders are probably out of those those the Saints. You know certainly are out of it. I think the Raiders are certainly a possibility. The Cowboys I, that doesn't make much sense to me, unless they're truly worried about Dak Prescott's recovery and how he's going to come back from from that injury. I guess that's where Dallas might come into play and say we don't even want to risk it, and we're going to move on from Prescott completely. Maybe that's that that would put the Cowboys up there as a possibility. And even the Bears, dude, the Bears are going to struggle. The Bears are going to, would struggle in a trade like this. We already talked about this with, with Watson. Yeah. Are you really going to trade? I actually saw a, a hypothetical trade out there for Russell Wilson. You ready for this? Yeah, okay. First round draft pick, pick this year. So what is that, 20th, wherever they're picking? Somewhere there. Yeah, 20th this year. First round draft pick next year, Jalen Johnson your rookie cornerback who actually had a very good year for a rookie last year, and Khalil Mack for Russell Wilson. Would you pull the trigger on that deal? Mm. That's that's one of the potential trade rumors that was out there. Now, I'm I mean, that's sure that a lot. Khalil Mack was probably included. That was because it would help the money. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a lot yeah. of money. To be dropped off. Khalil Mack is what? Highest paid or second highest paid? Defensive? Uh, He might have made the second now. I think when he signed it, he was the highest. 
but I wonder if Donald passed him as the highest. But you know, all that said, out of this whole out of this whole thing, dude, it, it the Bears seem to me like they would be the least attractive, at least to Russell Wilson, unless he wants to come here and be the savior, come to Chicago and be the one, you know, oh, Russell Wilson, he's our savior. Well, isn't that what Jay Cutler okay. tried to try to do? And that didn't work out very well. Did Jay Cutler want to come to Chicago? Or they just, I, don't know about I thought it was more of Denver to, but wanting, but well, nevertheless, who cares about Jay yeah. Cutler? So, because he's, he's retired and retarded. So, why would Russell Wilson give the Bears a shot when he's, he has, well, first off, he played against the Bears, what, last year? Right? We, we beat that, we beat them last year, right? Was it last year or year before? Year before. Okay. Remember that was one where we came back, that he almost came back. Mm-hmm. So he knows about our offensive line. That's his biggest gripe. Is he's probably he is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL over the last five years. Guaranteed. He's always sacked. Now, is it always sacked because he waits too long? But he also has, I mean, think about who he's throwing to, man. He's had some really good wide receivers. DK Metcalf, man. Who's he going to throw to? A, In Chicago? Yeah. He's not going to, he'd only have Darnell Mooney if they don't resign Robinson. Correct. Which they'd have to more than likely franchise. Actually, I don't even know if they'd be able to franchise him. They'd probably have to also sign him to a deal that would be back-end loaded. Because I don't know that they could be. Because again, Russell Wilson's like he's got a couple years left, and somewhere in the sixty to seventy million dollar range when it's all said and done from a cap perspective, that's a lot of money for a team that's already up against the cap. The Cubs are not, or the Cubs, the Bears are not flush with capital right now, cash. Right no, now. of course. So. Would would I? Here's 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 how I feel about it. Would I pull the trigger? I would pull the trigger. Yep. Russell Wilson. I'd take Russell Wilson and an upcoming Roquan Smith. And I'd bring in some players that you know will work. I'd God, I'd find a way to get rid of Gibson, though. Find yeah. a way to get rid of that guy. I mean, the funny thing about that list of, of teams, that, that list that came out, is it really feels like the only team on that list that's in desperate mode is the Bears. Yeah. The Saints, yeah, they, you could call them that, but the Saints actually are considering reaching out to get Teddy Bridgewater, which would be a much more cost-effective yeah. approach than Russell Wilson. And they have to look at it that way. They're in such trouble with the cap, they're not in the position to bring in a 30 to $40 million guy. They're not. <laughs> I mean, so the Saints are kind of out in that regard. The Cowboys are, are, you know, I hear this down here. The Cowboys are definitely interested in securing Dak Prescott long term. So if there are some concerns about his injury or that, it's they're doing a good job of keeping it secret, at least in the local press. And the Raiders, they, they've already said that they want to extend Derek Carr. The only team in this equation that is desperate. Yeah, in Chicago, and everybody on ESPN's talking about Chicago. You know, needing to do it. The problem, problem I have with happens when you're desperate, Ron. You I, make yeah bad. I know, decisions. I know, I know. We've all done it. We've all made bad decisions when we're desperate. So Remember, I put that last twenty five dollar chip down on the table. I said, I got to do it, Ron. It's yeah. my last twenty five dollars, but I got to do it, and I lost. And I Remember told that? you don't do it because I had you. I had you covered. Yeah. And I Guess still covered I it. I lost, lost so, my entire paycheck at the at the blackjack table. Holy shit! Sorry. How doable <laughs> is it? And what comes next for Ryan Pace? I mean, think about his picks for quarterbacks: Mike Glennon, Mitchell, Trubisky, Trashky. and Nick and Nick Trashky. Foles. And Nick Foles. Those yep. th- those are all his picks. Meaning off season, and and paid money, paid millions of dollars for for. All three of those guys. Mm-hmm. So if the Bears are on the Wilsons list, then Pace owes it to the franchise to put together the best offer he can 
to muster up any hope for the Seahawks to change their mind and decide to deal him. That's what Rob Dimvowski says. They should, you know, some guy on ESPN. Bottom line is, and we've talked about this, dude. We've talked about this multiple times, dude. The Bears are the the two people that are on the team that that now feels that we're going to get together, we're going to talk, we're going to figure it out because we've been given a we've been given a a special opportunity to continue our employment. It's so special, I can feel it. It's going to be intangible. We're going. The problem is, as you and I have discussed, is that they're doing it for their career to stay employed. But are they really doing it for the good of Chicago? But if that was the option, if it was a couple of defensive players, one that's costing us a ton of money, and really, did we get a did we get anything out of Khalil Mack last season? Really? I mean, not, I mean, no, it wasn't the. I, did we get twenty five million dollars worth? No, no. But he's definitely. I mean, he's he's your biggest cap hit. I mean, I think Fuller's up there too. But yeah. I would I would make the trade. I would I would say bye bye, because at the end of the day, what's going to get butts in the seats is going to be a quarterback that, regardless of what's around him. I mean, think about Seattle. He has crappy O line. And yeah, so do I know we do. I get it. But we but it's not like we can't get a little bit better O line. Well, you've got And it's but but is it our O line or is it our quarterbacks though too? I mean, how long do you hold on to an F and ball for? If it was any other quarterback in the position of the ones we had, any other one, say an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, you know, people that one, two, three, throw. Are they going to have the issues that we did? We saw a lot of the times. You could see Mitch going through the motions, and you've seen all these wide-open plays that probably a more seasoned quarterback would have been able to make and somebody who could throw the, the dang ball, especially Darnell Mooney or A-Rob. Well, when it comes down to it, a lot of that also comes when you think about them having that ability. A lot of it also comes into, okay, the complete system. If you've got receivers that can run good routes and you've got an offensive line that gives a quarterback time, then most most of the time those receivers and offensive linemen are going to make a average quarterback better and vice versa. If you've got a good offensive line and average receivers, but a great quarterback, he's going to help elevate the play of those receivers. And if you've got all three of those clicking on all cylinders, well, then you got a championship team. Sure. That's the hard part is finding that balance. But right now, when you think about what the Bears are going to try to do for next year, how I don't see how Russell Wilson I – don't, I don't know how the Bears made the list, to be quite honest with you. I don't know either. I don't know how the Bears made that list other than you other than you throw a team in there that's desperate and then hope for the best return is all I can think about. Or or he threw Go ahead. It was Russell Wilson's camp that yeah. put those down. That's but Seattle. Seattle actually said they're not trading him. The list, what's interesting about the list is maybe he just feels that the defense is good enough that it, all he all they really all if you could just throw a Wilson in there as quarterback they'll go to the playoffs which which I which I agree you could if if that were the case if Russell Wilson was the quarterback of the Bears in 2021 with the current team they have now yes I believe he would put you in a position where you would take a team that finished what 8 and 8 this year yeah and easily add a couple of wins yeah you're going to make him a playoff team are they going to be a great playoff team? Not necessarily, because I think Russell Wilson's probably going to get his ass kicked all year. And there's still some questions around the running game and whether, you know, but again, yeah, Russell Wilson does definitely give you two to three more wins than a Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky combination would have. Yeah. And this is the problem that we're having right now this offseason. The biggest problem we're having is there's a lot of 
decent quarterbacks that are demanding. And we're in need of one. So they're demanding. For example, you know, they traded Carson Wentz. Remember, that was one of our hurdles we had to get past. The Bears really want to pick up Carson Wentz and deal with that? Well, they they didn't. The Colts got him. And that's fine. Colts can use him. Not saying Carson Wentz is a good player, bad player otherwise, but I, I think it's a, more of a head case for the Bears to deal with than for any other team. Then you got Deshaun Watson, who's still demanding a trade. You have Russ, Russell Wilson. I don't know if he's demanding a trade or just saying, hey, if you're going to trade me, this is the four places I'd like to go. And then um, what other quarterbacks are out there? You know, and then you hear the Derek Carr rumor. I mean, it's just really interesting. It could be a complete topsy-turvy, you know, quarterback flipperuski. Hey, if Brady can do it, change teams, win a Super Bowl, anybody can. Yeah, I guess. Problem is, is, you know, you do bring a guy in like Russell Wilson, you've got other major moves that you have to make and potentially could weaken that defense. Yeah. So Russell Wilson was really coming here because he likes the Bears defense. Well, but if we're sending two of our premier defensive players back to Seattle, yeah. well, we got weaker, especially if we don't have the money to bring, you know, bring the team back up to where it needs to be. You know, it's funny how you, you mentioned earlier how, you know, Russell Wilson is tired of the offensive line not being good. Well, shit, dude, you're making, you're taking up what, fifteen to twenty percent of the salary cap. Yeah, can't have it all. <laughs> I mean, you know, these guys yeah. that are getting paid this this big money. You, you see, what's his name in in Green Bay bitching about it? Rogers, you know, give me weapons, give me weapons. There, we don't have the money to give you weapons. And you that have to, yeah, that team is never. It's 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 city owned, you know. You can own stock in Green Bay Packers. That's just, that's more ceremonial than anything. I mean, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, there is a cap that teams have to to deal with. And if, in order to keep you on my team, if I'm going to pay you $30 million and you're going to take up 20% of the cap, then guess what? It will be that much harder for me to field a team that's competitive when I can't pay the type of money to be a competitive team. Because I can't spread your thirty million and take ten million of it and get the top cornerback off the market or take ten million and get you a tight end or whatever. Can't do it. So that's that's the state these guys are in right now. That unfortunately, if the Bears were to make this move, they'd have to shed some payroll because they've got they've got payroll right now chewed up with some questionable players. I mean, Jimmy Graham had a decent year last year. I'll give it to him. Okay. He was where he needed to be. Really? Do I think he's worth ten million? Yeah, he actually did. But did I think? Do I think he was worth ten million dollars? No, <laughs> hell no. It's not worth ten million dollars. Charles Leno is not worth ten million dollars. Bobby Massey. I mean, our offensive tackles are getting twenty million dollars. We don't have twenty million dollar tackles. We don't. I know Whitehair's making up there. He's got to be up around ten million. So you got thirty million dollars tied up in that offensive line with just in those three guys, and two of them I could do without. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. So I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that, yeah, could could Russell Wilson, assuming he can stay healthy despite still getting sacked 45, 50 times this season, could he bring the Bears to the playoffs? Of course he could. But it's not going to be the same Bears team. You, you can't. Just, it Financially, it, doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, no, you're like right. Said, I, well, here's here, – no, no, you're absolutely that. right because here's the problem. You, so you got Khalil Mack, base salary is $17 million, plus a sign-in bonus, $6.8 million. You got Kyle Fuller at 13, Robert Quinn at 11. That's your favorite guy, right? Is Quinn oh Quinn the one that pisses you off, right? Yes. Keem Hicks at 10, Eddie Jackson at 8.9, Leno at 8.9, Jimmy Grant at 6.9, plus, plus a $3 million sign-in bonus. I mean, there there's a, Nick Foles is at 6.6. Gotta love Roquan Smith, man. Nine hundred twenty thousand. That's a deal. But he, you know, but he also made another four million in signing bonus and roster bonus. 
And then you know when you when you start going lower than that, you're in the you know the one the one million range. Tariq Cohen one point four, Daniels of two point one, Anthony Miller one point two. I mean, there's some. Eh, he's got to go. You know, we're we're Trey Burton is a the dead cap is one point seven million. That's a pretty big hit. So basically yeah. we're we're 137 million. What's the cap? Uh the cap the adjusted cap I think is somewhere around it's going to be down maybe around 185 or 89 or something like that. Right now it's at 190 something I think, but that's going down. That's going to be going down this year. I don't I don't know if that's been announced yet, but I know the cap is probably going to go down. Yeah, so they have they have 137 million in in salary, 41 million in signing bonuses. The Bears mm-hmm. have 41 million. Yeah, I mean overall they're up they're up there at 190 something million. I'll say because... that that puts them at um well that 137 and 41. So that's 178. So you're looking at 179 almost 180. Plus another six, seven million, eight million in signing bonuses and and uh, workout bonuses, <laughs> workout bonuses. Yeah. yeah, and they got different bonus structure, restructuring and stuff that puts that money up there. And overall, you know, they they make it's like a shell game. They move things around to try to get that. But again, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to follow. I mean, these guys are pretty much in in some trouble. Um, yeah, you know, when it comes. So, like I said, I I don't see how it's good, they're going to make that happen, but. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna get rid of a guy like Mac and and a guy, I mean, Kyle Fuller's gonna be gone probably soon, and you're gonna get rid of your top pick from a cornerback position. I don't know, but that's a tough one for me. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's the cap hit: twenty six million for Khalil Mack, twenty million for Kyle Fuller, fourteen million for Quinn. There's the cap hit that we all know and love. Oh my god! I mean Quinn, dude. Really? Fourteen point seven million for Quinn. Yeah, he was brutal. Brutal. Yeah, it's been it, it's been really, really, it's been pretty tough, dude. But nevertheless, the potato heads they have not spoken. I've reached out to them on Facebook and Twitter and said, "Hey, shoot us something you want to talk about." And the potato heads have not spoken. Got some quiet potato heads out there. Probably more mashed potatoes than potato heads. But hey, keep listening. Keep pounding it out, right? Right, T-Dog? Pound it out, baby. Right. And basically, you've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are, dummy. The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening.